If you're new here, this is the Saniac Podcast, where we host live weekly recaps of MTV's The Challenge, and we give you a full weekly roundup on all the juicy tea from the Challenge universe. I'm Shawnee Suisa, and I run a podcast network. And I'm Zach Calhoun, aka the shit-talking savant, <laughs> aka the gray-headed gunner. And, and that's all he does. Yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> Feel free to add us on social media platforms. We're at Saniac Podcast, particularly if you disagree. We love a good debate over here. Also, let us know where you're watching from and drop your location in the comment section below. Whether you're watching this live or playing it back later, we always come back and scope the comments throughout the week. So feel free to chime in. Also, something we're going to be doing slightly different today is we'll have um, dedicated checkpoints to check into the comment section. Um, and if you are playing this back and you have questions for us, you can drop it with Q&A in all caps, and we will get back to your questions in the comment section as well. All right. So today, we're just going to head straight into the pre-cap. Zach, why don't you start us off? <laughs> we got to talk about Are You The One? <laughs> oh my God, yes! Are You The One episode one it was a while was so good and it was so long i was so pleased two hours was a bold choice um mm -hmm. luckily there was lots of entertainment <laughs> so in terms of i think when people watch are you the one now they're looking at it through the lens of okay are there any potential prospective challengers future challengers on here mm. and i did not see a lot of talent on the male side however I think we can all agree that the females were the stars of the show. Uh, the <laughs> the two, stars and the crazies. <laughs> oh my God, without a doubt, the two standout characters through episode one, Bria. We have to talk about Bria. Hands down. Um, wow. Oh my Hands God. down. Bria is crazy, but I think I'm going to like her. If she doesn't leave, she might <laughs> She might be gone. It's true. It's true. Episode, or well, during tonight's episode. We don't, I mean, I think if, like, you mean as in she's just going to, like, want to get up and She and was go. saying at the end of the episode that she doesn't play that. She was ready to walk out. Yeah, but I feel like, I feel like they tease that kind of shit when they don't actually leave. It's possible. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's, there's no way that Zach guy's her, her PM, right? There's no way. Um, I really don't think so, because I feel like she needs someone who's stronger. But, like, she's, she's at such a point where if you were in that house, would, would you even want to talk to her at this point? No, but see, okay, so that, that was actually a thing that everybody was saying on the Are You The One thread. They were giving um, Zach shit, saying he should just end it, whatever. But I was thinking to myself, like, it's so hard to end things with someone who's that crazy. Also, I don't think he yeah. realizes just how wound up she is about the whole situation. I feel like she, like, he thinks it's chiller than it is. He had a very interesting temperament. Like, he is, he's attracted to crazy. He's into crazy like what's he, his thing he's into drama i mean you could tell that he had been through that before mm. and and like he was totally cool to play it the other star of the show for me through through episode two like i i don't i didn't even bother to memorize half these people's names yet i mean that's that's the point of a show where the cast is big you just keep watching it and whoever stands out to you stands out uh nutza <laughs> without a doubt <laughs> nutza was a runaway star and then her and bria obviously their paths intersected at the end of the episode um, the only the only person I would want to see on a challenge of the people that I saw through episode one is Nutza. Uh, really? Yeah, she would be. You think she'd be good? Oh, uh, she'd she'd be drama. I like she she knows how to start shit and mm. she plays it real cool and she's a bad bitch. Um, and I respect that. I everyone really hates her voice, but I, I kind of like it. I thought it was really endearing. She just sounds I was, I was into super it. squeaky. Yeah. 
I, I had no issues with Nutza. Um, open invite to Nutza. She can come on this podcast whenever she wants. I honestly don't even remember a lot of the guys from episode one. I'm just trying to think of them now. Oh, the one guy I really liked, I think his name was Lewis. He was like, yes! the- <laughs> yes! I dug him. And then he got it in. Um, <laughs> he got it in really early and he was hilarious. The sound clip. He was like, damn, girl, you nasty. And then he he walks out. He's like fixing his clothes up. He's like, whoo. She awesome. a freak. Yes. I loved him. I loved him. His Twitter, I think I I'm pretty sure it's Lou Do Too Much or something like that. Everybody has to go check him out. We're following him already. I uh, I tweeted last week that he was the MVP of the episode. He was just so funny. I don't think I could ever like date someone that immature, but mm-hmm. in terms of TV, he's just so he brings so much life into that house because everyone is so wound tight, especially with Bria and everything. I feel like there's so much tension. Yeah. I definitely respected Lewis. I'm DVRing tonight's episode. So after we're done here, it's, you know, it's going to be the same thing. I'm going to go check it out. I'm invested so far. There's a couple characters I like, and I can, I can definitely roll with that. Yeah. I'm pretty pleased. I, I'm excited to see where this goes. I don't really know about the faith button so much because at first when they announced it um, and they said that they were going to have that, um, that they were going to have that option for them, I assumed that it was going to be in addition to the challenges that they were doing, I didn't think that they would completely nix out the challenges and have it all be by chance. I think if they did that, every few challenges have them click the faith button. So that way it spiced up the dates a bit um, and it got people mingling with people that they wouldn't normally see, then it would be much better than having it be in replacement of it because then it gives them no chance to try and work to get people on dates, which is part of the strategy, I would say. Yeah, that part. I agree. Didn't really do it for me. And then I think at the end of the episode, we had what three, three perfect matches, three spotlights lit up. Yeah. So by the, at the end of it, we had three and I was trying to think, because I'm pretty sure that there's quite a few uh, episodes where it's or seasons where it started out somewhat on that sort of path where it's like been two, three or four around there and, and they got really excited, but then did really bad for the rest of the season. So We'll see if that happens this season or not. I wish them the best of luck. I hope that it was only that one season that lost because then every other season will always be able to hold it over them. <laughs> yeah, I've got some got some eyes on potential talent there, keeping an eye on, on, on these people, and we'll monitor their progress as the season goes along. Uh, yeah. Bria, you know, there's more crazy shit to come, I'm sure. I think competitor-wise, though, you're missing out on a few of the other girls. Like, I think, you know, Asia or something along those lines, even maybe Maria, like, could possibly be um, solid competitors. But I'll pay, I'll pay uh, closer attention. I'll, I'll see who, who catches Yeah, it was episode one. We're not really too sure yet, so we have to feel them out first. Uh, another thing that, that happened this week that I was paying attention to, they released uh, Challenge Mania. Shout out to them, of course. Yeah. Episode two, uh, part two of the Wes interview. That was interesting uh, that, you know, they kind of moved through to his history on the show, not necessarily tied into Derek Mm. and, you know, what he sees in the future of the show. And it was cool. It was what I actually found interesting was that the the West stuff, the West interviews, the things he said later on, uh, I watched the Brain Candy podcast live Q&A for Final Reckoning episode six, and that came out after the West interview. So they gave their thoughts on it, like Susie gave her thoughts. And it's really interesting to hear her almost debunk some of the things that Wes says and to say like, well, this is what like, 
Wes vehemently denied that he has done steroids on his Challenge Mania podcast appearance. And, and Susie Sarah. Probably, yeah, and Susie and Sarah were like, well, we're pretty sure Wes has done steroids and he's told people that much. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's really about where to decide. Was there anything else that they called out? Yeah, like they, they took a lot of issue. And I mean, they were both on the ruins. So they, they, they had a completely different interpretation of Wes on the ruins than Wes did. And, you know, Wes kind of painted the picture like, well, you know, I just came in here. They brought me onto the show late. Everybody picked on me. And they kind of painted it like Wes literally put the target on his own back. You know, he bragged, like he demanded that room downstairs. He was the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he said that, that he, he was telling everyone that production favored him. That's why they did it. You know, all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. So it's a push and pull. Where does the truth lie? Yeah, I guess we'll never really know in those stories, but it's always interesting to see where the discrepancies lie. Uh, yeah, I could not agree anymore. Um, another thing that Wes hinted, you know, Wes, seen, if, if, if my memory serves me, Wes kind of made it out like, from what he can tell, that it seems like MTV is maybe reaching out to some old school challengers to make some returns on future seasons. You know, he did mm-hmm. kind of brush past that a little bit. And then a couple days ago, a new Brain Candy podcast, 15 Minutes of Blame interview dropped with Marie. And Marie and Susie said the same exact thing. They, they both made mention and said, yeah, I hear the calls are going out to the old schoolers. So so it's happening. Yeah, it's starting to feel more and more like a reality. And I, do you know I that honestly think it's going to come true. I really do. I feel like they've hyped it up for a reason. They got a good response and now they want to follow through on it. The, the only thing that worries me is that MTV seems to change their mind a lot, like when they're coming up with season formats and, and you always hear things, then all of a sudden it's completely different. Uh, I hope they stick with it. I hope they get enough people that satisfy the format that they're going for and that mm-hmm. they can pull it off and we see some epic returns. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I think if we get, you know, a Beth return, if we get maybe Jody return, you know, if okay. they can pull off like a Svetlana return, I mean, we're talking serious business. I know for sure Cyrus and uh, Mark Long have been pushing to get on. So it's really just gonna be a matter of MTV. I, I, I listened to the Landon episode too. And he sounds like he's ready to go. Like he made it pretty clear. He's like, you pay me, like pay me something that's worth it to leave my job, which I make a good amount of money on mm-hmm. for an inor- you know, an undetermined amount of time. And I'm there and fucking do it. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, I, I think that that is going to set up a phenomenal season if we, if we end up having that. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully Fingers they'll bring I back mean, uh, Casey as well. <laughs> yeah. My all time. Wes definitely dragged Casey a little bit on his uh the second part of his interview. Yeah, and so did Casey dragging Wes, <laughs> literally and um, physically. Honestly, there, Wes yeah. was such an asshole to her, and she was such a great teammate because she just kept doing things. She volunteered herself into exiles with him on his behalf because he wanted to like protect his girlfriend. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm a Casey fan. I'd love to see her back. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, and Nani as well, right? She's for sure coming back. She has like handed out at 27 different times. Yeah. And she's I, not even old school. So that's not so far fetched. Yeah. It, it, that just seems like an inevitability. And mm-hmm. I, I dig it because we haven't seen her in like two years at this point. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up on the precap, anything else? I Marie's brain, uh, Marie's 15 minutes of blame was pretty short, but. I dug it. She really broke down. You know, she she kind of took us inside the process of that first elimination vote that we had on Final Reckoning where her and Cara sat down. They had their disagreement. Cara left the room and just, you know, immediately went and snitched on Marie to a couple people. And the way that Marie broke that down, 
from what car you know that car pretty much power played her and said we're not playing your game this season we're playing my game mm-hmm. as soon as they left the room she like went down the hallway and marie said she stood outside for 20 minutes and just listened to her listen to car talk shit on her to these girls and like i think like that's so shitty it's so shitty. And, and Maria was like, that's it. Maria was like, I smoked five cigarettes in the time <laughs> front of her. Oh my God. It's funny as well, because I know on the West Challenge Mania episode, he mentioned um, his beef with Cara, or not his like beef, but the fight that they had. Um... Oh, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. The... Talk about this. Uh, thank you for reminding me of this because th- this was. <laughs> Wes describing the soda incident from Rivals 1, where he poured the soda on Kara, is just the most perfect description ever. Wes said something along the lines of, do you know how long it takes to dump out an entire two-liter bottle of soda? Now imagine me. (laughs) Kara entered herself into our food fight. I walked over to her, and I dumped the bottle of soda thinking that she would run away once the soda hit her. But she just stood there while the entire bottle two liter bottle of soda drained out which is why she looks and if you go back to that episode or that clip she is drenched she is completely yeah soaked. she's soaked she's like soaked in soda and i never considered it that way the the way that, that the edit is we just kind of see the end of it where wes is like just draining the last drops of soda on her she took the entire thing and when you think about Kara at that time and her character and her personality, it, it's it's so fitting that she just stood there while the entire bottle of soda drained on her. That's that's a very Kara move to do because she likes to she likes to have something to be the victim about, you know. And so if she she can't be tough enough to just move a second away from that Coke bottle and miss it or push it out of Wes's hands, you know. Like there was never any retaliation. It was just woe is me people are doing this so yeah i think that that was that was pretty pretty car-esque <laughs> yeah that was that was a great tidbit from the interview I, i'm glad we got to put some shine on that uh but overall not as much drama online between cast members and alum as very in, boring fights this week i would yeah, say so that pretty much sums it up decent juice you know we're not going all the way in mm-hmm. so i think we can get onto the episode from there Yeah, the episode honestly was so fantastic last night and we had so much content. Um, So this is going to be a longer recap, shorter precap than usual. I mean, we had in this episode alone a daily challenge, a full elimination, and we found out the results for the what's happening in the next elimination. And that's crazy. We haven't had that much content challenge-wise since, I mean, I can't even remember. This is everything we've been waiting for. The cast members heard what people were saying and they teased it. I sent it to you yesterday. Like they were like, guys, this episode is epic. This is the challenge you know and love. You need to tune in for this. I don't even need to tease it out that like, obviously we're going to talk about Cam a lot this episode. I mean, she was, she was a big part of the episode. So she'll definitely be, be on quite a bit of Saniac tonight. Yeah. She earned her spot. She earned the content. So I'm happy to discuss her. Yeah. Well, she earned it slightly, but I mean, I thought we'll get to that later, but yeah, Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll break it down. There's a lot of different angles about it. Mm -hmm. So we finally get to figure out what happened with the elimination that they left us such a big cliffhanger. You know, we couldn't, we had to wait a week to find out that Derek and Tori were going into elimination. All right. 
I called this last week, by the way. Yes. Um, because I just knew that something like this was going to happen by all the burn votes, burn votes, burn votes. If they were going to go with the obvious edit, if not, then I figured that it was going to be Angela or Faith. Um, and it was just going to be like an obvious and a very annoying cliffhanger. But yep. yeah, Tori and Derek went in and I was surprised it only took three votes. But, you know, that's what happens in this kind of game. And it just reminded me so much of the online Secret Vendettas game that we played because you know, this kind of shit happened all of the time. You know, one person backs out on the arrangement and all of a sudden it snowballs down into the point where somebody in your alliance is going into elimination. Yeah, so. it, it, it was it was very similar to Nelson on Secret Vendettas, who mm -hmm. I believe is watching right now. He essentially eliminated himself. He mm. threw a burn vote on himself, ended up going into elimination from that. Yeah, uh, literally. And that happened to so many people, apparently. So, you know, this is, we understand how this kind of stuff can be so volatile and so quick to dismantle. So plans have to be made and they have to be stuck to. And we're seeing that time and time again, you know, throughout. So that's why Tori and Derek are in. And I was not surprised at what happened. Well, the big takeaway from them going in was that they, they if, you know, if, if my breakdown of the votes is correct, they pretty much went in and they, and Tori highlighted this herself, they pretty much went in because Kara and Marie flopped on their vote. Yeah. And threw that vote towards Brad and Kyle, mm -hmm. which meant nothing. They were probably the only people to vote for Brad and Kyle. Exactly. It was, that was an actual burn vote. Um, so anyways, we get into the elimination. It's called Ramp It Up. Just to give you guys a brief overview of what the elimination actually is so they start in front of their own quarter pipes and it's basically you know this big half pipe right and they're starting in front of their own quarter pipe um and when tj says go they race up their opponent's quarter pipe steal the balls out of their opponent's cage and run it back down and then run up their own quarter pipe and deposit them into their cylinders so the first team to get seven balls into their own cylinder wins the elimination and loser goes to redemption um instantly when i saw the setup i already knew that the choice that they made to go against Sylvia and Joss was a big flop. Um, so it ended up being, by the way, the votes were Sylvia and Joss, Faith and Angela, and Kyle and Brad. Those were the three burns on Tori and Derek. And of those people, they chose Sylvia and Joss, which I don't know about you. I feel like they did that because Derek would have been too embarrassed to lose to Faith and Angela. And the possibility that he would lose to Faith and Angela isn't necessarily zero you know it's it, obviously that that was a much easier elimination for a guy or to have a guy helping but it's not like Derek helped that much it was it was a bold move like like they didn't want to puss out of it yeah which I I did respect I kind of agree I see that, that Jessica said this too like they they painted it to look like Derek flopped in this elimination I mean he was neck and neck they, they were neck and neck and I guess like the one thing you can point out is exactly what Zach pointed out that Derek, you know, was not helping his partner in nearly oh. the way that Joss was. We don't know if they were neck and neck. True. They, they could have edited it a certain way, but I mean, what it looked like was that it was, you know, within one ball of each other the whole time. And then at the very end, Joss had the last ball as they put in the sixth ball and then mm -hmm. he put in number seven. So overall, and one thing I, I did want to note was that, they kind of took some elements from Rivals 1 for this elimination, which I liked. Mm -hmm. This was somewhat reminiscent of one of the greatest, I mean, one of the greatest eliminations of all time, yeah. Adam and CT versus Johnny and Tyler. So they, they took some of the DNA of that and brought it into this elimination. So I appreciated that. It was a slight nod to a classic elimination, shrouded in controversy. Uh, did Adam throw it or is he just that bad? You could really make a case for either way, but... 
well that elimination i was actually thinking about that elimination watching this one as well because it was similar although there was no running into each other kind of vibe because there wasn't the the perpendicular line as well so it wasn't like they were just charging in at an x yeah but i don't know i honestly think we don't really understand how the edit was and so my opinion is that there's one of two possibilities one they actually were neck and neck and everybody was overplaying how shitty Derek is or two well actually there's three two they were neck and neck, but all of the times Tori got up there, she did mostly on her own. Or three, they really weren't neck and neck, and everybody's commentary was pretty spot on to how shitty they did, and that editing just tried to make it seem more exciting than it was. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I really don't know which of those options were there. What I do know is the fact that when Tori was going up her freaking quarter pipe and literally having to reach her hand out for Derek to help her, that's yeah. not going to work. What Tori needs to do is get herself as high as humanly possible, right, up in that thing with both hands on the rope. So she has a lot. She can use her full strength to also help herself pull up. And then Derek needs to do the rest by lifting up her shoulders, her arms, something like that, grabbing her and pulling her up. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the best way to go about it. And Tori, at the same time, can use her strength while holding the rope. Instead of trying to, like, grab her hand and flail around and making Tori put in way more effort than, than is necessary during that thing. So I don't know. I think Derek isn't weak. I don't think he's not, I, I genuinely don't think he's physically weak. I think he is just seriously stupid and or get so flustered that he can't properly think while he's competing. Because so many of these things that happen are a lack of intelligence, a lack of strategy, a lack of foresight and just thinking from Derek. Maybe he can bench press a lot, but he's not putting any of that. And someone said he played D1 basketball, which to me means- That's that's what I wanted to know. So people keep saying that he's a D1 athlete. So was it, did he play basketball or football? Maybe, maybe someone can help us out in the comments section. I want to know where he played and I, I think know. it was I think it was basketball but my thing is if he if he did that right that means he has a coach telling him exactly what to do thinking mm -hmm. for him right those are already made plays everything is thought out maybe we have to find out if he was good on his feet you know playing basketball and he could actually think for himself then that's a different story but if he was just you know a reasonable player d1 just had the skills and was told exactly what to do it's really different than having to come up with your own strategy to overcome a lot of these obstacles and challenges that they have to do on the show. So I just don't think he has this up here. Here's what I want to focus on. We've all focused on how bad Derek is. The cast members focused on it. We've talked every week about how this guy's a flop. He's popcorn muscles. Let's focus on the supposed dirty 30 rookie of the year and everyone's favorite Tory deal. So Tory comes on dirty 30 fresh off a big loss on are you the one second chances by the way nobody ever wants to talk about that my boy Devin it wasn't a big loss big loss it was, it was huge. a loss no she choked couldn't handle that final Devin carried his squad but right, she made it one. to the end yeah are you the one second chances was legit that's all I'm saying I was rooting for Cameron and Michaela and I was also rooting for Devin I love Cameron. anyways so then from there, she does a quick turnaround. She comes on Dirty 30. She has so much hype coming into that season. You could feel it on the boards. People were all torried up. People were like, this is the girl. Then she puts in a decent showing. She does a couple things. Okay. People are like, oh, yeah, rookie of the year, rookie of the year. She's one of the main stories of the season. So I ask to all of you, to the viewers, to the listeners, to my co-host, Shinny. Did I say it right? No, really bad. <laughs> 
what the fuck has she done? What has she done since Dirty 30? Okay, I agree Flop. that people have overrated her from Dirty 30. I I think because maybe she was just like the rookie that year and she was the one who made it to the end. So people were like, oh, rookie of the year. In my opinion, yeah. Listen, like, I don't think, I don't think she's like the rookie of the year that season. I wouldn't go that far, right? But I think, or of the year, because we have so many seasons in the year. So it's hard to like say that. I think- Yeah, that's a great point. We great use that term from back in the day when it was one season per year. So- so it's like, oh, rookie of the year, maybe rookie of the season. And, you know, she made it the furthest. So it's not like it's not like it's it's invalid for that season. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think everybody overhypes a lot of people, though. I think they overhype everyone on the challenge. You know, these people get behind random individuals. And then all of a sudden they're like insanely overhyped. Nobody is rated at the actual level that they should be. I, I mean, reality TV is like it's the most biased thing. Like mm-hmm. you ride for your people and you're like you're going to go in. Like people ride so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not like a delusional Tory fan, but I do think that when it comes to the pairing with her and Derek, at least Tory has something that he doesn't, which is the ability to compete under pressure. And Jessica's making some really interesting points, which is the fact that he was actually a really good player. He was the most played player. Um, and that he just gets into his head a lot, which yeah, very well could be. I think that there's only a few options for him because I don't I don't see him as physically weak. I just genuinely think he can't compete in these kind of challenge as well and I think he's also killing himself about it because he keeps acting like he's gonna win with genuine confidence that he's gonna get there so it means that he likely is either delusional or has some past experience of winning and therefore feels like it's weird for him to be losing a lot you know so I mean he could in his head a lot um Mm -hmm. and all I'm saying is he's taken a lot of criticism justifiably so but I do think Tori is skirting some of that criticism and she's playing it off too like oh Derek my partner's so bad well you're not that much better and (laughs) okay that's fair that's fair she is putting a lot of it on Derek I think that's just maybe how it's edited but I think yeah she is giving him a lot of shit and I think she's got to tone down on that and take some ownership and also be a better communicator I think that's something that she's really lacking with him is she's not really trying because I don't think she actually wants to work with him because she's so over this guy that she just doesn't really want to have to you know work with him in that way so I also you know really good point from Erlene is the fact that Derek gives Tori so much shit for cheating when he's cheated himself which is so weird to me. It's like, how can you be so mad about that? And also, like, how can he think that him and Tori were that real? Yeah, uh, realistically, how long were Derek and Tori a couple? Two months? Like, not even. They were so short, and it was such a, like, frilly couple. They met on Are You The One Second Chances. He was out of Are You The One Second Chances literally on day one. So maybe, like, four, maybe they met right after the show, and then within... Uh, I'm pretty sure within a month or two of that, she was on Dirty 30. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so exactly. So it was really short. And then he what he left after like the second day. So it's not like they had much time while they were there. I just think that they, they're not at a place where they're even remotely like talking to each other, like reasonable adults. So they just, they can't even work together. And I, I think, I don't know. I think right now, Tori has to step it up and be four times better than she actually is in order to make Derek at a, a well, normal Well, I mean, they're they're done. Uh, the last part of this I want to focus on is Derek's quote as they were walking out it really made me laugh he goes he goes we'll be back (laughs) y'all no you won't (laughs) no you won't are you kidding me look at who he has to go up against yeah also uh Derek was about as useful as the G in lasagna shout out to Joss that was hilarious yeah throw that a like on our Facebook page uh we got a pretty 
we got a pretty popping content, uh, pretty popping comment section right now. So maybe we we should take our our first checkpoint here yeah. and look over everything. Tori, uh, I, I agree with your lean. Uh, Tori and Little Mama, they were they were good teammates. They were a great team. See, that's what I mean though, is that if Tori has someone who's a little bit more up here and someone she can actually communicate with, then she does well. By the way, that's one of my favorite pairings that's been around because I love Little Mama. Yes, Little Mama was great. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed that entire season. That season was great. <gasps> we have someone watching from Honduras, which I must say is one of my favorite countries. Utila, Honduras was my absolute favorite location that I think I've ever been to. So hello, Gabriel, Gabriel. I don't know how you pronounce your name. Um, but I love Honduras, so hello. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Also, I agree with Nelson, Hunter on steroids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always try and figure out which one is, you know, which one of the guys is on roids and which one isn't. And it just seems like more and more of them are getting roided up because they're just so unreasonably big and angry. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jessica seems to agree with me. Derek, you know, he did all right. He's catching a lot of criticism. His partner, not so much. Yeah, and I agree with Nelson on this. You know, Nelson's saying that Tori's been really negative this season, and I totally agree. I think she knows that, though, and I think that's really a personal choice on her end yeah, right she, now. She's acting like this is the season that her reputation's taking a hit. I got news for you. When Cam whooped her ass last season when she was a, a fraudulent mercenary, that's when her reputation took a hit. She, she looked like a complete layup in that elimination she got whooped that wasn't the greatest elimination i agree with that but i think maybe she would have feel bad for taking cam's spot oh yeah i used to play video games with people like that where you know when, like if, if you were playing halo with your buddy and and he was better than you but you just happened to you, you happened to get him that one time and he was like i i wasn't even trying that round man <laughs> okay uh, yeah, Lenny makes a good point. Didn't get whooped. She lost two to one. She got so, whooped, Lenny. Whatever. It was a medium. Whooped. It was a medium one. Um, anyways, thank you guys so she much for commenting. Whooped. Keep sending us your thoughts. We love it. And we'll try to get back to you guys on the next checkpoint. Was there any, any other ones you wanted to touch on, Zach, before we move on? Nope. We're going to move on here. All right. So Redemption House. Quickly, something I don't think many people spotted as Tori and Derek were walking into Redemption House was CT cooking in the kitchen. And he says, just wait, they'll be worth it. And it seems like everybody's really hungry and he's cooking and he's making something and he looks like he's putting a lot of love into the food he's cooking. And he wants everyone to be patient because they're going to be delicious. So I would love to know what CT made that night. If we can get any of the cast members to chime in on that. Yeah, what was up with that? We, we, we didn't get the reveal on it. <laughs> I'm trying to wonder who we can tweet at to to get that information. Who's most likely to offer that up? I mean, you've got connections to Tori, right? Since you're her number one stan. Um, okay. Well, why don't you talk about your connections to your Tori? Because you're her number one stan. <laughs> That's right, low down that you just brought that up. We're interjecting with a great story right now. Zach, please take it away and tell us about your Tori Fiorenza story. First of all, it's Tori Hall. Whatever. Okay. Uh, she's not attached to that loser's last name anymore. Actually, she is on all of her social media handles. So anyways, <laughs> I made a promise to the viewers last week that I was going to personally reach out to Tori Hall, my Facebook friend. She requested me. I did not request her. And I was going to request an interview because it's about time that we get, we get her on camera. And I know that her and I have a connection, to quote Holly from Real World Road Rules Challenge, uh, 2000, one of my favorite seasons. Tori and I have a connection. Challenge 2000. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I sent her a nice Facebook message. I said, Tori, we would love to have you on, amongst other things. Amongst I didn't many other things. Many, no. many other things. 
And all right, she left me on read. She left me on read. I did not spoil the interview. That's where we're at. Maybe she's just taking extra time to think over her response. It was a week ago. I mean, all we asked was if she would come on the show and then you, you know, threw in all this crap about how much you love her and. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's overstating it. I simply told her that she could have final edit and that we would be very respectful of things she doesn't want us to talk about. Yeah, there was some other things. Anyway, so yeah, so basically Zach got pied by Tori, um, which is really funny. And I really enjoyed that very thoroughly. Still Uh, love you, T. (laughs) Uh, All right, so back to Redemption House. So we have Tori and Derek walking in, CT's cooking. um, And then you get all of them, you know, trying to figure out what happened. Veronica, obviously, first to the punch. She's trying to get in there. Give me all the goss. What happened? I love Veronica. And... CT starts going in on Kara, which, you know, was pretty interesting to me. So obviously, CT, yeah, CT's hearing this information and CT goes, you know, I'm so disappointed in you, Kara, and things like that. And, you know, they talk about how everybody's playing a scared game. And to be honest, I just don't, I haven't seen anyone not play a scared game on a challenge in the past few seasons, except maybe, you know, Devin or Hunter um, or Corey, yeah, but I, they've played slightly stupid games as well. So yeah. De- Devin played uh a strong game last season mm-hmm. the way he got eliminated was kind of bullshit though i i, I can't believe he lost to fucking kyle in a race to yeah go out. um but he played a strong he did exactly what he said he was going to do mm-hmm. um he did not play a scared game but yeah other than that i mean other than that everybody's really playing scared games you know hunter and Corey, obviously they're going up against bananas a lot and trying but they've been failing loads i think nelson within that group is the only one who's really succeeded in that um at all and then you have before that i mean the last time before that was maybe like jordan who went up against bananas and did you know flipping yeah. all the kill cards yeah. paid the and price then before that was battle of the seasons and that was really the last time that we had like some sort of rookie takeover or yeah. people going after any of the big alliances so i don't know i honestly think that a lot of people have been playing a scared season so i don't know if you know this new thing of everyone acting like now all of a sudden it's new everyone's scared that is really a thing I don't know. So, oh my God, the, the comment section is killing it right now. Talking about Pauly, how he was pacing back and forth. He was getting so mad. Oh my God. I put a comment that Pauly's like a little squirrel. He's just, a yeah. And, there, and Veronica, I think it was Veronica's trying to calm him down. Like, come on, <laughs> come on, Pauly, calm down. He's like, I'm, I'm a, a raging volcano. He's like five, six. He's like Napoleon. You know, he's like, he wanders around like Napoleon Bonaparte, like super short with lots of ego and just like yeah. so much inside of him. And the way he was strutting with like just tons of anger tons Mm. of anger yeah he's still uh he's got all that anger but he still hasn't proven himself he's got zero elimination wins and you know it's only a matter of time until we drop our uh our next challenge uh competitors comparison of danny jameson versus paulie oh my god that would be hilarious honestly i'm starting to warm up to him though he's just this crazy spirit and i i find it endearing now a lot more yeah more endearing than I found it when he really freaked out in that episode. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, good, good comment, comment section, guys. Good job. Um, all right, so to the main house. Let's go back to the main house. This is Cam's strategy. She doesn't really, you know, give the whole thing. She just teases the strategy. This is very important. Like, mm-hmm. th- this was such a perfect setup. And it was in response to what had just happened in the elimination. Uh, based on the burn votes stacking up someone getting screwed they had you know they they just didn't have nobody had any control over their own fate so cam comes up with a strategy she sits some people down and she says i've got a strategy it's going to ensure 
that we control the vote and I'll tell you all after this next challenge, once I make it happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from there, I was just like, wow, what, what is she seeing? Cause I, I've been thinking about this and, and I couldn't see anything. Like, how are you going to do this? Yeah. This was a pretty interesting move on her part. My only thing though, is I, when she was teasing it, I was expecting it to be something against the boys because the way that the girls were talking about it during this little teaser section was how they were sick of the boys Um, you know, thinking that they're running the game and how Cam had this plan to change that, right? So to me, I assumed that meant, oh, Cam was going to change up the power dynamic of this game. You know, she wasn't, she was going to do something that was going to level out the playing field between male and female competitor, you know, something that was going to flip the house a little bit. So I think that it was a slight overpromise on Cam's part, especially to the audience, because I was expecting a way bigger move than she made. Mm Uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to the results of that. I, I think bit. we're gonna we're gonna slightly disagree on that. I'll yeah. tease that, and, and we'll 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 get into it. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll argue on that one in a little bit. So let's go to you know she highlights that, and then we pretty much go right to the daily, which I love. By the way, this was like twelve minutes into the episode. I remember marking this down because I thought that that was so yep. sick. We had an elimination, we had some drama, we had redemption drama. I mean, we had like all these stuff going on, and then we already hit the daily challenge. So I thought that was phenomenal. Shit was moving. Yeah, we have not seen it like this in so long. They were just giving you everything. They were not focusing on the house drama. Mm-hmm. So felt like much. I was watching like a gauntlet or inferno. You know, yeah, they were running, running from awesome. thing to thing. Yo, shout out to the true legend, Aggie. He's in here. What's up, man? Yeah, all right. medium legend. Okay, so let's break oh. down the daily. Ch- let me break down the daily challenge for all of you guys. Um, so they play in two teams. Each team is trapped in a mine shaft. Each mine shaft has three puzzles. Each puzzle is connected to a tool that can help them dig themselves out of the mine shafts. They need to solve one puzzle before they can start digging out. So they can continue to solve puzzles after that in order to get more tools, which apparently will help them. But of course, you know, they don't end up doing that. The first pair of vendettas to cross that finish line from the winning team is safe from a limb and wins that power vote and wins the challenge. So that's a really key point right there. You have to have both a winning team and you have to be the first two to cross that finish line. So a couple things happened here that stood out to me. Uh, we get everybody down into the mine shaft and they are beginning work on their puzzles. First and foremost, uh, you may have missed this, but there is a comment in the background from one Brad, who, as we know, is damn near 40 years old. And Brad says, think about Tetris, guys. Think about- <laughs> oh, yeah, so I heard that. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh my God. how many people on Brad's team in that challenge were even old enough to own a Nintendo growing up. Whoa, uh, whoa. Tetris made a comeback on Facebook. Tetris battle. Shout out to all the listen, I We're beat. talking. Okay. First of all, we know that Brad's not playing Tetris battle on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> we know that to be true. But imagine if he is. <laughs> we know that Brad was at least like 10 to 12 years old in the 80s. And so I was thinking about it and I was like... <laughs> Okay, so Shane, he's of age to have a Nintendo. And who else on this fucking team? Like Nelson? He's- Everybody has Nintendos. What are you talking about? People have them nowadays. Oh, please. I'm not, I'm not talking Nintendo Classic. I'm not talking Super NES when it came out. I'm talking original 8-bit Nintendo when it dropped from the mid-80s. But there the was Tetris 90s. on other Nintendos. Please. Shani, I'm gonna wash my hands of this. I think I think the say. funniest part about Brad giving comments on puzzles is that he's actually an idiot, and the whole time, <laughs> all I could hear was like mongoloid. his piercing voice 
throughout that whole scene and i just imagined myself being trapped in that mine shaft with him and i I thought i was gonna go crazy yeah he was the second most annoying person in the mine shaft with (laughs) first clearly going to one crier sorry cara maria sorbello did she cry you know she cries a lot who solves the puzzle good on her cara is strong with puzzles that 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 is like one of the sneaky parts that makes her a a good competitor Mm -hmm. but then she's just like who solved the puzzle me i solved the hardest puzzle and then she's going on about that and then we get to the point where people are digging out and she goes i solved the puzzle first i should get to go before you bitch nah no Mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that you're in you're in total competition at that point you're not just going to demand that people are going to let you climb out first it's not going to happen like that. To be honest, there was like something about that whole scene where all of them were doing the puzzles and Car was working on her- hers. And you could just, I could almost imagine what Car looks like in kindergarten or in grade school or something <laughs> along those lines where she really was. I mean, she made that comment herself, you know, now that we're going to go and start building blocks. But I just saw like how she would have been in a classroom, for example. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that would have been, like, the car in class. Oh, she was, like, sitting Indian style by herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, like, anyways, um, something that I thought was really great was Cam and Shane working together because it was, like, Cam just being this really condescending-ish type human to Shane, but I could see that that was probably the only way it was getting across to Shane was yeah. if Cam asserted herself, like, no, Shane, look at this. Look at the graphic. And Shane mm-hmm. was, like, oh, she <laughs> And then she was like, oh, I actually do know what to do. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, yes. Also, I, I, I see that, yeah, Jessica, you're, Jessica understands where I'm coming from. She, she, she knows. She, she aligns with a lot of the things that, that, that I, I believe on this show. Also, yeah. um, Although she doesn't hate Kara like you do. I'll give her that. No, nah, well, 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 who knows? <laughs> she, she might, she, I might be converting her to a full-time hater. Um, also, I did receive a personal message from Adji. He said that he left because you disrespected him. So, okay. Well, cost, goodbye. Cost, cost See us you a later, then. Felicia. Um, all right. So let's go into all the people leaving um, the mine shafts. What do, What do you think was going on? First of all, you had Zach who got out first, but then Amanda who was trapped behind. I mean, did you see? I personally thought Amanda should have shoved her way more into the front. Um, there's a lot of people trying to call out their partners, and I just kept thinking of in Tel Aviv, the nightlife, right? Getting into a club in Tel Aviv, especially like a popular club during summer, is really intense. Even if it's like a good spa, you know, minimal line, whatever, you have to be aggressive to some extent. So you got to like slide through all the people. And then once you slide through the people, you got to get your friends through to all the people. And you have to do it really fast because you don't want to be through all the people for that long. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like none of those people would have survived a club night in Tel Aviv going the way that they did. Although Cam and Kaylee, they can come out with me. Yeah. Maybe that's why Kaylee did so well. I mean, you know, she's, she's got that European clubbing. Yes, exactly. She she knows the scene. You just have to sneak in there. None of them were really sneaking in there. Like Amanda was like, Oh Oh, yeah. And this is the most impressive one of them. I mean, I can't even say the most impressive because Cam did so many things in this episode that were impressive to me, but like, her entire plan hinged on her and Kaylee winning conceivably a layup team, you know, with one of the weakest players on the game winning the challenge. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that they get presented the perfect opportunity and she fucking wins the challenge. Her and her and Kaylee cross the line as the first team. I was so like, I could not believe that they made that happen. 
I was honestly screaming when they got to the end. That's actually when I messaged you all caps girl power before they even said it on the show because I was just freaking out that first of all a girl girl team won I was so happy about that I know we talk all the time about how difficult it is for the girl teams to compete you know on this physical level against some of the guy teams so the fact that they were smart enough by the way this this challenge really came down to the fact that you had to be on your game, you had to strategically place yourself in that shaft so you could get to that spot quickly once the hole was there. You know, oh, I'm small, I can get through. Or, you know, go, go, I'll catch up kind of a thing. Like they did, really right side by side, um, leaving that together and just having that keen awareness of where everyone is in order to get yourself out of there in time. And I was just so happy with that and so pleased. So finally we had a girl-girl team win. Um, And on top of that, I think they did something really fun with it. I think Zach's face was one of my favorite parts of the challenge, though, when he saw Cam come out right after Kaylee had come out, and you just see the look on his face. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He's like, oh, it's done. It's done. Um, before, before I forget, what did we make of my guy, Shady Shane, <laughs> yelling that you can die of suffocation? Oh, I thought that was pretty hilarious. I I mean, I agree with him. Like when I saw them all going in, my first thought was also like, holy shit, everybody watch out. Like you're about to Yeah, that's gotta be pretty, like, I don't really think there was any way for MTV to monitor that. Like, what are you gonna do if if people get stuck trying to crawl through dirt? MTV couldn't give a shit. They put them in near-death experiences all the time. Those always make for the best challenges. That's why the older challenges were great because they were so unsafe and like not properly supervised. Like, all right, guys, here's freezing cold water you're gonna you have to sit in this water <laughs> for five hours see who lasts the longest yeah. boom go, go back go back and listen to people's stories on on that challenge um i believe it was on gauntlet i'll have to double check that but like people like legit were catching hypothermia because they had to be in this Fuck, that's so intense honestly that's so intense yeah, this was one of those, I mean, right before the episode, you hear Shane saying, I'm not talking to anyone anymore, period. I don't like anyone. Um, and, you know, I thought that, that was that was pretty funny. And it just goes to show, you know, while he's in the mine shaft and that same mentality of everybody, fuck you. So I think that at that point, a lot of people knew that they weren't going to win. It was just a matter of getting the rest of the team out. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, think so people that- caught on, by the way, one that were in the shaft that both Kaylee and Cam had already left because in kind of a scramble like that I don't know if you'd be able to notice that unless you were outside seeing them come out I I don't know how they did it I I mean I definitely do think that scenario favored a a girl girl team because the guys were all trying to get their female partners out first but then you have a girl girl team that were already at the front of the line and and Mm. They, they it was just easy for them to slip through the cracks like that's a good point because girls are smaller and Kaylee was tiny they were like we need someone small and that's why Zach wanted to get Amanda up so quickly. So yeah. he wanted her to be the first one out because he figured he could muscle his way past other people. Yeah, of course. Um, all right. So anyways, they win. Um, and Cam claiming herself to be a queen once they won. Okay, listen, I, I think she earned that one. You know, she earned that one. She can call herself queen. But it really reminded me of something. And it was in X on the Beach UK when Ashley Kane walked into the X on the Beach house. Um, and it was one of the seasons, I forget which one. I'm pretty sure 
Kaylee's actually on that season. Um, and he comes in with a fucking crown on and like this giant jacket and his hands like this. And he's like, I am the king. And it was one of the most cringe seasons or cringe scenes I've ever seen on reality TV. And it just reminded me a lot of this. So if anybody watches X in the Peach UK, you'll know what I'm talking about. I love that every week you give us our fix of like the X on the Beach UK, Geordie Shore. Yeah. Uh, like, like, like you. We got to tie it in. We got to tie it in. And I appreciate the hell out of it. Like that, that's, that's one of my favorite things. Thank um, you. Thank you. So I, I need to do my full turnaround, my full apology. I have bashed Cam several times since we've begun doing these weekly recaps for this season. I have said a couple things about her, self-gloss mm-hmm. on her own nickname. That's true. annoying me. Um, but once again, I am not a biased viewer. If you earn my respect, if you entertain me, if you do something that merits my respect, I will fucking give it to you. And what she did tonight earned so much respect from me. First and foremost, she goes into the room she has it all set up with Sylvia. And she says, and she gra- she gathers the entire house and she says, I'm currently making my decision on who we're going to vote for. And this is all part of her plan, as we will find out. There's two teams, and I'm going to vote for one of you. I'm either going to vote for Sylvia and Joss or Kyle and Brad. Sylvia starts freaking out. Now, I don't know how many people we have in here that have played virtual challenge with us with me um <laughs> i had to point out my notes this is 100 something that i would do this like, is it's okay, one, yeah, yeah gathering the house and like calling everybody out and for, just and calling yeah. people out directly and saying it's either going to be you or it's going to be you all right that's definitely but, something calhoun would do on an online virtual challenge i'll i'll, I'll stand by that i think that's but the true. genius part of what cam did was that she set the scene up. She had Sylvia ahead of time. And she said, Sylvia, I'm doing this and it's going to save you. It's going and, to- Yeah, and she told Kyle, which I thought yeah. was a very yes. smart move. Yeah, which I, I did not expect to find out. And we find that out at the last minute that she had Kaylee go to Kyle mm-hmm. and give him the relevant information. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing was just this brilliant, elaborate ruse that cut pretty much in half the teams that we're going to be getting voted on and cam's entire plan came together in that she said she was going to go for one of these teams but really her plan the entire time was to get a faith and angela thrown into elimination and b have them go against their only ally Ally. in the house Mm -hmm. and your issue is that it wasn't very strong teams that she was making the move on, mm-hmm. which I understand. That, but that's, that's, it's not like I can't appreciate what she did because I do see that there's a lot of benefits to this. First of all, they're a female, female team, her and Kaylee. So it's not like people wouldn't mind running a final against them, right? Yeah. That's not like, so instantly they, they can be seen as someone who could align with the stronger guys to get to the final with them. So I don't think it's like, the world's worst move but I just think that the way she hyped it up in the preview and the way obviously was edited with the talk about the boys and then the fact that she came in with like this plan after so I was really expecting it to be something against the guys was Mm -hmm. my whole thing do you know what I mean so I think it was like a solid play 
I, I think the real genius was the fact that it was going to end up getting the rookies against the rookies, which was, you know, the whole thing. Um, I think just sending in rookies in general is not that difficult to do. Um, obviously it's proven a little bit harder this season because of the way that the voting is, is going down, but I still don't think it's like requires this whole master plan order to happen. But at the end of the day, that is all she did was send one team of rookies in because the mercenaries end up coming in. So I'm not sure if the result is exactly as wanted. The payoff um, for you wasn't as good as everything. It, yeah, but everything I will. Down, I guess, exactly. So. I will say this watching it. I fucking loved watching it. Like I loved watching oh, yeah. every move go down because it was such a unique strategy. And we haven't seen cool gameplay like this in so long. You know, Devin tries to do it here and there, but it really wasn't as cool. You know, you know, we, we see it like here and there. It's just so occasional. We haven't really seen a serious move that's fucked with someone's mind to this kind of level. This so I was, really appreciated that. This was high level gameplay. Yeah. This is, the truly great people at playing reality game show competitions are literally making moves where they're thinking two to three moves ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like I said, Cam had a goal to protect her teams, like her allies, mainly Joss and Sylvia for sure. Mm -hmm. and to take out to pit an alliance a two-team alliance against one another and she controlled every single part of it everything went according to her plan and it pulled it off and it turned me from someone who you know I didn't have uh, I wasn't huge on mm -hmm. cam I wasn't a huge fan into like this this chick's legit one like she's fucking smart as hell which I, I guess I, I, I discounted. Yeah. I was not giving her proper credit for that. And I know some people have said in the, in the comment section, like, Dude, she's smart as hell. She's a 4.0 student. Like, she's got the brains and the brawn. Well, I've mentioned it before as well that she's an entrepreneur. So, you know, I, I really have always appreciated that side of her because I know that she works hard for her cam collection by the way we'll plug that because cam deserves a plug right now um mm -hmm. her cam collection her makeup line her you know her hairline um and all the things that she does so she works really hard on that and entrepreneur you know being an entrepreneur is fucking hard that is not an easy thing to do you have to be really self-starter um to mentality to be able to follow through on projects like that and the fact that she's just such a go-getter in that way to me shows that she can be the savvy type of individual that we saw last night in the episode and listen i think you know, if you lay out everything that she did and what's going to happen because of it, it really does give her a lot of clout in the house. And one serious benefit is the fact that people are really scared of her now. And that's a big thing to have in a challenge house. You want people to fear you. What's the reason that CT usually makes it so far is because nobody wants to call him into an elimination. No yep. one wants to fuck with CT. They're terrified. The yep. guy's a beast. So, you know, she's slowly building up that level of clout, obviously nowhere near CT, let's not get crazy, but she had, you know, she came up with this somewhat psychotic plan that showed people like, don't fuck with Cam, she'll mind fuck you to the ends of, you know, the ends of the earth Shane, right now. Shane was like, he was floored. Shane was like, I'm not fucking with that girl. Mm -hmm. Wow. Shane tries to find every angle possible and he totally missed this one. So, oh, you know. If you remember early in the season, we were talking about how, what is the strategy to manipulate this voting system? Who is going to catch on to it? Who is going to make the big move? And mm -hmm. I was thinking like, well, Shane would be the most likely person because he puts a lot of thought into those kinds of things. And here we're seeing like it was Cam. Cam was the one who cracked the code. 
crack the voting yeah, yeah on how to play the game that's true we did hypothesize you know who would be most involved and stuff and i think shane really has tried but i think cam has succeeded in this way um so you know it was it was great i give her a lot of that i think faith and josea and day strategizing you know when i was watching that all happening i was just thinking to myself like no, this is just not going to happen. You know, I had some sort of like horror movie theme song in the background while oh, I that, just saw that was, them. That was the best part because I was watching it without like, I hadn't fully caught on to the plan yet. Like oh, it was didn't? all still form, like it was all still forming. And, you know, Cam had said what was going to happen here. But then I, then it cut to Jose and Devon and Faith and Angela trying to counter it. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, you go for us, we'll go for you. If either of us go in, you know, we'll have multiple votes. We're not going to call each other in. They thought they were countering it. And yeah. little did they know, and little did I know until it became clear that that was exactly Cam's plan. And that's the other genius part of it is that she got people who she had no control over to do exactly what she wanted them to do without speaking to them. And well, that's that the most genius part. Fucking genius. Yeah, honestly, that that hands down was that was the part that really impressed me the most was, was just because of the way that the voting works. She really got to she got to coordinate the two people going in. I thought that was awesome. You know, minus the mercenaries coming in, obviously, um, she had that on lock. I love that Day owned up to the fact that it was super fucking embarrassing to be played like that. Yeah. You know, when the votes came out, she was like, this is so embarrassing, so embarrassing. Because today, you know, she's someone who's usually a few steps ahead of the game, right? And then on the other hand of things, you have Angela, who's just doubling down and being like, oh, you're scared of two rookies, like da-da-da. It's like, girl, own up to it. You guys got played, and it's played. fucking embarrassing. You know? And here's, here's another counterpoint I want to throw out there, and I see what some people are saying. Like, I see what Lenny's saying in the comment section that, you know, if if this was her plan, she could have manipulated the votes for any two teams. She could have made mm-hmm. it like a Bananas and Tony ha- having to go in against Zach and Amanda, obviously not knowing that there was a mercenary twist. And that possibly... But you also have to keep in mind what we just highlighted, that she was manipulating two inexperienced teams to try and counter her and, like, watch out for their own asses, and that played into her into her plan. And I'm wondering, like, if the goal was to screw over Bananas and Tony, like, don't you think Bananas will find a better counter to that? Like, don't you think Bananas will find a way to manipulate on top of that and, and say, like, no, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to play into this. I mean, I, I don't think so, because I think that the way she played it really had the entire house believing mm-hmm. that what they were doing was right. So if she had just maybe managed to get a few more, uh, uh, managed to get it on board to where other people weren't going to burn votes with the two people she wanted in, like Bananas, you know, and Zach and Amanda, and said, no, no, don't do it with them. Do it with someone else, like pair up yeah. this way, right, to Sylvia and to um, whoever else she told and to Kyle to like sort of coordinate that. I think that would have been hella impressive. Like that would have been sick. And I hear what Lenny is saying and that it just would have been legendary. Whereas this still is really fucking impressive. It just wasn't one of those moves where it's like, oh, you're sending in the ultimate challenger. You know, you flip the house in order to get fucking bananas in. That's really sick. That really goes down in books. I think this will go down in just terms of the strategy that was played. But the end result of who was going in to me just wasn't really that crazy. And I know Cam's point was the fact that she wants um and we'll do a little comment checkpoint right now because i'm addressing jessica's point here is that she didn't want the rookies to have to not earn their stripes because cam on her rookie season had to go in so many times and i get that but to me that just is getting fair instead of 
being smart in a way, you know, whereas she's trying to make it that everybody has to go through the same shit she has to go through as opposed to making it the best possible situation for her to win the final. Um, and so I think this will help get her to the final in ways that sending in bananas and stuff wouldn't because this gives her a shit ton of friends in the house. This gives her a lot of fear in the house. This gives her a lot of respect, but then she has to win the final and she has to beat all of these strong people that she's essentially helping get there, you know? So that's, you know, I don't know what the payoff is going to be. I don't know what the final is going to look like. I don't know what, what's going to happen. I absolutely stay away from spoilers all of the time really rigidly try to stay away from them so i'm not sure exactly what goes on but to me it's maybe a trade-off you know get to the final but compete against zach and amanda kyle and brad johnny and tony or don't get to the final possibly in a way. And that's the yeah. other thing that sucks about this is that once again like they're a girl girl they're a girl girl team like how much can they really even do to mm-hmm. stack the final up with teams that they would have a, a shot against well exactly that's the the structure of this that's the part of this season and its structure that that bothers me Mm -hmm. you know just just obviously they would want to work closely with marie and cara maria because you know they would they would feel like they would have a better chance with with marie possibly not being able to to handle it so it that's almost going to be like like a that's like a survivor strategy right is mm-hmm. is is goat herding you want to bring if you're running things you want to bring the weakest possible people to the end with you so that you'll look better in front of a jury and that's kind of what cam would have to employ here but how many teams realistically if there's going to be three four teams in the final they're kind of screwed either way because they they're, they have like but that's what that's what i thought they were going to do though is go and try and really do like a girl thing right mm-hmm. which is the whole you know the whole preview of her strategy to me so that's what i was thinking was they're going to try and get it to the point where it's like faith and angela cara and marie cam and kaylee like you know at the end which obviously seems really unrealistic but i thought this plan was going to do that so i don't know you know i think it'll just be interesting to see if they end up making it a favorable situation for them or not and you know you also have to remember what happens if they get caught during one of these eliminations where they vote for someone who gets sent in and now they're being called out because they're the girl girl team well i think that is going to be the major benefit of what cam did in this episode is that now for the rest of the season the precedent has been set so now we're going to be seeing like uber strategizing now people are going to take what cam did they're going to adapt to that. They're going to try and counter it. People are going to be mm-hmm. strategizing on top of one another. And that is going to be really dense. And, and there's going to be lots of different levels to break down. So, so I'm happy that the precedent was set. This will always stand out. Like this will be a moment that people look back on because mm-hmm. it, you know, no matter what happens for the rest of the season, you're going to remember that Cam was the one who changed the game. Uh, 100%. It's so true, you know, I, that, that is a really good point. Now, since that's happened, I mean, everyone's going to be going about it in somewhat of a similar way. Um, all right, so let's break down the vote for everybody. So we have everybody going in, and I titled this the Burn Vote Pyramid Scheme, which I just loved. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, and we have Marie and Cara, they burn to Shane and Nelson and vice versa. Zach and Amanda and Tony and Bananas, they burn together. Angela and Faith, Davon and Josea, they burn together. Um, and then Joss and Sylvia and Brad and Kyle, they burn together. And this was probably the most interesting one was Joss and Sylvia and Brad and Kyle. It seemed like they were the only ones not clued in on this plan properly. 
yeah. um, because they couldn't really be clued in until they went into the room, right? Because you can't you can't give away what's yeah, happening. You, you don't want to give them time to think it over. Exactly. And the whole plan. I love that it hinged on. It, it was like a good. It was like an oceans. It was like Ocean's Eleven. You know, there's there's so, yes, many, yes. so many moving parts to this plan that need to go right, and it's like any little thing could screw it up. You know, when when the when the the tiny Asian guy crawls out of mm. of the container that he's in, and he has to try and make the jump, but he's got his cast on, and you know, there's all these variables. So this variable came down to Sylvia having to be in the room with Joss, who is not the most strategic <laughs> player, to put it lightly. Yeah, um, he wants to be the so nice pressed. guy. Shout out to Joss. Uh, he has been, he has done an official Saniac podcast interview. If you guys have not checked that out, it is on our podcast feed. Yes, definitely. Uh, Sylvia has to look at Joss and say, All right, we have to vote for Brad and Kyle. And just talk him into it. And he's like, Oh no, I don't want to vote for Brad and Kyle. And she's like, We have to vote for Brad and Kyle. They're going to vote for you. <laughs> and, and like it could have gone wrong Joss could have Joss could have forced it another way but she talked him into it yeah there was so much hesitation I was worried you know I was worried that there was there was just gonna be some some slip up on one person's end and it wasn't really gonna follow through and I, I thought it was gonna be Brad because he was really hesitant throughout the whole thing oh I think Joss God. was just so wrapped up he was so confused and you know this is a very unusual strategy one that no one's really taken before so it's not like you can expect someone who's first of all a rookie on the show you know Joss is still a rookie um, to know all of this stuff and he hasn't even watched many of the old seasons before he's seen clips you know he's seen the backpack clip and those kind of things that's exclusive information that you found out in your Saniac podcast interview. Yes, definitely. So check that out. Um, so I think for him, it's just harder for him to wrap his head around it. And he really doesn't want to fuck over Kyle because that's who he's coming in with. Although ironically, it's funny because Joss's best friend hates Kyle and Kyle hates Joss's best friend. But in the house, it seems like the Brits are staying together. So, you know. Here's, here's This is another part I liked about it is that Cam had her close people that that she was clued in on and she had people she delegated responsibilities out to people to do her dirty work for her mm -hmm. which if you are confident in your alliance and confident in your plan that makes it so much better because mm -hmm. cam was like okay sylvia you have to convince joss to do the voting okay kaylee i need you to go whisper this in kyle's ear let him know what he needs to do and it makes it so much better. It's such, it, it, it comes off better. It, it, it helps you more long-term because nobody likes the person who is dictating everything. If Cam mm. was just like, I'm running shit now. I'm going to talk to you, 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 and you and tell you how to vote. No, she had two people that were pretty much in 100% on what she was doing. And then she had them carry out her plan for her. That was awesome. Such a good point because it really did help her by going about it in... Uh, I mean, obviously she was very loud about the whole thing, right? But in the actual gameplay and what had to happen and who was communicating things, she was very subtle about it all. And I think it really helped that she walked into that house with some very close friendships with a lot of those people and that they really trusted her. You know, Sylvia and her are very close friends. So them having that sort of connection, that relationship, that trust, I think really helped the whole situation and they were able to play it off. I think Kaylee going along with it and really not being too hesitant um, or giving her many problems, you know, she could have, you know, Kaylee could have very well been like a Brad and been like, that's yeah. a stupid plan. That's, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, she's playing, she played really smart. Yeah. She, 
she exactly yeah. and kaylee you know kaylee kept it to herself so that was still a big move on on their part i really appreciated it all and i think the fear that she put in after the aftermath when everybody finds out you see you know cara saying to cam i think i might be your biggest fan now shane saying i'm terrified of cam um you know and angela obviously just being really furious anyway oh so God. Much, cam, um, please side with shane over cara i'll like you so much more like <laughs> I, I love you right now uh, you'll be you'll be like my top five top five if you side with shane over cara i think she I, should go yeah. with cara because that's who she can compete against really. yeah i know but it's Shane's a smarter play it's better for my viewing experience to see come on who wouldn't want to see shane and cam having strategizing sessions we all want to see that right i want like to see every, shane cam and veronica sat in a fucking oh my God. meeting with bluetooth on their ears even better even better you sit you they take cam under their wing and they they give cam training lessons with you get shane veronica rachel and tina, and tina. <laughs> they bring in cam and they're like cam let's do this we're, we're, we're gonna give you some some of our wisdom you know, you've got the young ideas. You're the young talent. You're the up and comer. Here's the OG Mean Girls. This could be an MTV special. This could be <laughs> MTV.com exclusive content. They'll play it right after. And they uh, sit down. They're all sipping tea. And they're like, here's how we screwed people over. Here's how you should On do Inferno 2. Yeah, although, listen, Tina's a punch on Beth. I mean, that's probably like one of the stupidest things. I've still, ever still love Tina. She, she did so much. She accomplished so much she killed it killed it girl um all right so let's do a quick checkpoint before we get into the actual armageddon that final armageddon um we're gonna look at the comments here for a second i just want to address something that lenny has said a big brother team getting out outplayed strategically is so satisfying seeing as they were so braggadocious about their mind games you know it was pretty satisfying to watch i think you see their faces they realize what's happened uh, once they're all laughing outside on those little day beds. So I thought that was really hilarious. And I totally yeah, agree. Big brother is really yet to, to get one over, you mm -hmm. know, Natalie and Pauly have flopped horribly so far. Davon and Jose have had some great moments and we've, we've been a fan of theirs, but man, they got, they got super played here. Yeah, they really did. It's true. You know, I, I, we were very big fans of Davon and Jose. I mean, we still are. I love day, but I mean, they, they totally missed this. It went right over their head. Um, Erlene, Erlene said that it's too early for all of that though, because they'll be putting targets on her back. And she was talking about, you know, potentially having Cam send in any of the big dogs. So I totally see that. Um, and, and I get what everyone's saying, you know, putting in, you know, big players targets, but like me and Zach have already discussed, um, you want, you know, you, how, the, how are they going to compete at the end against all these people? So we'll yeah. see. Um, Lenny commented, people might be scared to go against the female-female teams because of the equalizers, um, like the Polly versus Nat versus Cam versus Kaylee elimination. That is a good point. I think Great there's point. also the fact that Carr won off of a puzzle that people weren't so pleased about because there was a physical competition leading up to it that, you know, didn't seem so fair to just have it all end off as a puzzle, everyone starting at the same time. So, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's a lot of that to factor in. There's a lot of that to factor in. Here's another sure. point that people are talking about that I like. And I haven't, I haven't really considered this as much that does it appear to you that Zach and Amanda are in like every alliance in the house right now? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Arlene, Arlene dropped that comment. I think they're, they're pretty hooked up and, you know, we saw Zach making an alliance with Tori. We know that Amanda is rooming in the hen house. She's got some, I think they're playing a great game. 
Yeah. I think they're so far, I think they're playing a great game. I think they're somehow being competitively outstanding while still keeping their heads down in the house. And that's how, um, that's how Zach played it last season too. Zach was pretty much aligned with everyone mm-hmm. on Vendettas and he played it pretty cool. He didn't make any enemies. Um, it's this, it's the same thing here. The only enemy that Zach and Amanda have right now against them is Pauly, which mm-hmm. LOL. Pauly's enemies with everyone. Yeah. yeah I, you know, Zach seems like someone who's just a really fun guy to be around. He's hilarious. Doesn't take things too seriously. You know, he seems like good company. And then you have Amanda who's hooking up with Joss, obviously, and she's quite friendly with a lot of the girls. So I think they have a good in. You Ooh, know, I, I Tina is Tina's them. casting some shade in the comments section right now. Greg, Greg throwing a couple, uh, throwing a couple haymakers at Tina. <laughs> Tina equals all bark, no bite, no wins. Rachel and Veronica have five wins between the two of them. Yeah, I, you know, I love Tina. Don't get me wrong, but I do think that she could have stepped up her game a little bit more. Her, her so standout moments for me with Tina was Fresh Meat One when she was paired with Kenny and they were doing really, really shit for the first half of the season. But then towards the second half, they just stepped it the fuck up. You know, well, that's the thing. Tina's got an all-time social game. She's made multiple, multiple finals, mm-hmm. albeit she's been a hindrance to her team in those finals. <laughs> yeah. that, that I can think of, she's had to be legit, like literally carried in at least two of those finals. I believe Inferno... Inferno 2. She was on the shoulders and yes, stuff. Yes, she was carried. And yeah. Kenny, well, Kenny had to carry her in fresh meat, but that was actually part of the competition, right? I, I think yeah, yeah, to, that was. He had, had to carry the part, yeah. But, you know, like, she, she's got bomb social game. And, mm-hmm. like, once again, those are the people I respect. I've, I've said this on here before. Like, I get it. We, we've got all the CrossFit people now. Everyone's, like, in super good shape. But we don't care. I, I have... I have a lot more respect for people who aren't athletes, who smoke cigarettes, and who find a way to make it to the end. That's, <laughs> those, that's are, those are our idols over here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I I hear you. I hear you on that. Um, all right, so thank you so much, commenters. Keep commenting at us, and we'll get back to you guys at the end. We're going to finish off with the Armageddon. All right, so Armageddon. Now, to me, I think just the fact that there was so much content this episode had me smiling from ear to ear while watching it because I was just thinking to myself, like, oh, my God. And now we're going to find out who's actually going to be in the next Armageddon. I thought, how is that possible? I honestly was floored. I couldn't believe what was going on. The pacing was so good in this episode. I was loved loved it. And you know what's crazy is the fact that when we complain so often about the pacing of other episodes, it's hard to really understand what we're talking about. But now that we have an episode with phenomenal pacing, we have something to really compare it to. Yeah. And I I like that we get to have an episode that we can just come on here and rave about because we love this show. We are fans of this show. My issue that I've had with other challenge podcasts that I've listened to in recent years is that it's just always bashing the show. Mm. It's, it's like, man, like, do you really like the show? Are you watching this begrudgingly? Mm-hmm. Like, even if this isn't the best season, I still really enjoy the fact that it's a show I've been watching since I was uh, 10, 11 years old. Oh God, me and too. I, get to, I get to sit down on a Tuesday night and watch it. And it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the best season, whether it's the best content, whether they're editing it the right way, there's a ton of mistakes that are made, but it entertains me. And that's, that's what I'm in for. Yeah, 
I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I can't even, you know, I, I, I think it's exactly my same feeling as the fact that I've been watching this show longer than any other show I've ever watched. Like literally, I mean, I've yeah. seen this for the long because it's been running for so long. And the fact that we've had the challenge for so long and I had a hiatus when I went away to boarding school, I didn't know if the show was still on, got back home, found out it was still there, binge watched everything I missed. You know, that sort of thing of, I can remember watching this show in almost every place I've lived in. You know, I, I literally can because it's been on for so long. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for the content, even, even, you know, if it's mediocre content, I still appreciate it. Um, and I still like watching. I still find it interesting. I think to me, I see the challenge as something really similar to how sports fans really like sports. Mm-hmm. So I've been following these people, these teams, this show, this, I guess this sport, because it is in a way its own sort of sport category. Um, and I've been following them for so long that I, I'm just like a fan of it. So while the Lakers do so poorly, sometimes you have my little brother, who's a diehard fan, who's still mm-hmm. going to care, you know, he's still going to watch it, even if it's mediocre yeah. basketball that he's watching, he's still going to be a big fan about it. That's a really strong analogy. And those are like really powerful sentiments. And I know that I know there's people, you know, I'll see people on Vevmo all the time are like, oh, this person could stay home. We don't need them on the show. It's like, I don't fucking care. Like, if it's somebody I haven't seen on my television screen in 10 years, I do kind of want to see them. How's their yeah. life? On? It makes me feel good. It takes me back to a certain place. I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. All right. So, Armageddon. Um, the results were obviously that Faith and Angela got signed in. Obviously, we've been talking about that a lot. A few notif- notable quotes this was when kyle goes brad is finally allowed to blink because <laughs> brad had been so high strung and stressed about the entire situation wasn't sure if the whole plan was going to turn against them and then all of a sudden they'd have to go against sylvia and joss um, you know in the elimination so you see his face and the sigh of relief that goes through him it's just it's remarkable mm-hmm. uh, yeah and yeah, he was so nervous about that like he, he could not see the bigger picture and it's so obvious why a dude like that has had so many, has taken so many L's on this show. Many and, L's. And once again, the only time Brad won the challenge was when he had a superior strategic social player guiding him through the season. Tori Hall. It's like because you like her so much more, it's making me like her less. But I'm just gonna stay at the level that I like her. I still like you. You agree with that? You, I know you. I still like. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. agree I 100% agree with that. They would not have won Cutthroat without her because Brad is such a doofus sometimes. Yeah, but I also really hated how they played Cutthroat. I I thought it was the only way that they were gonna win, but I thought, like, I thought I just. I I mean, Tori came in and Tori was like. Brad, you want to win so badly. I'm going to make sure that you win. We're going to get yeah. this fucking money, whatever. Yeah, they did whatever they had to. And you know, that's name the game at the end of the day. But I really did hate how they played that. Although now that everybody hates Camilla, I guess it's really not such a big deal. She got sent yeah, in so right. many times. People that's are great. like, send her I wish, in. Yeah. I, wish, I wish they would have kept Melinda around. That's, that's about it. Me too. Honestly, yeah. Melinda and Brandon, those were my two favorite people yeah, on that th- team. Those so are, I was those really, upset. really cool. Yeah, those are really cool people. Well, I wanted them at the end and because they weren't in the, you know, the click or whatever that Tori had agreed on that we're going to make it. They sort of got, you know, the scapegoat treatment. Yeah. Um, all right. So then we get to the fact that TJ drops this bomb. All right. And, you know, he's like, all right. So typically it would be Faith and Angela versus Davon and Jose. But 
you guys know I'm actually the dirtiest player in this game, which I thought was really cute because I love when TJ tries to get involved with the little gimmicks. And <laughs> he then brings out the two mercenaries, the two first mercenaries, because we all know that we have quite a few this season. Um, and so he brings out Hunter and Ashley. I actually thought that the mercenaries were coming in individually. I didn't realize it was going to be pairs. Like I thought they were going to fight to mm-hmm. take someone's space, like one person's fault, not the duo. So where do we stand on the mercenaries coming in here? What were your thoughts? Well, so a tweet that I absolutely loved was Johnny Bananas tweeted out that the mercenaries vendettas was actually their haircuts or their hair <laughs> and not themselves, which I just thought was so funny because I kept thinking as they were walking in with Ashley's hair is just I don't know. I don't know if you know about extensions and stuff, but it's so obviously extensions so long. And it's, I mean, it's just like, come on, girl. Yeah. This is another one of my favorite portions of this show when we discuss fashion and, and, and makeup and we delve into those things. We already talked about setting spray earlier in the season. I learned a lot yeah. about that. Yes, I'm wearing cool. some right now. Oh, yeah. I, you definitely look a little bit like Marie did when she popped out of that grave in episode one. She had that. It, yeah, I know. Oh I know. What? I know. Guys, that's the nicest thing he's ever said. Ever. I know. Yeah, listen, we have to get a little bit of beauty stuff in here. You know, I think it's important. This is is what matters. So, Ashley, so you were, so she had the extensions going for her. They were very long. Like, it was, like, very, very unreasonably long. And I was just thinking that if she's competing in anything that has to do with, like, wheels, or, like, she better have her hair up. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I I feel like extensions are a liability. You're going to be at a disadvantage. Like, you're not supposed to get extensions wet, correct? Um, no, you can get extensions wet. You just can't get, like, a wig wet, really. Or, okay. like, weaves are hard, are more annoying to get wet. It's, that, there's, that's there's what happened to different Devin kinds. There's, uh, like, tracks. There's, like, yeah. a, there's like a thousand different hair things. My hair is all real. All um, real. Yeah, it's all Suisa. So, at the end of it, we just, you know, we just see TJ saying, last season the mercenaries were here to take you out of the game. And then he doesn't finish the sentence, but I'm guessing it goes something like, but on this season, they're here to get into the game. Yeah. Um, I know we don't do spoilers on this at all on this show, but that is one thing that we'll just, you know, give to you guys because it's, it's so meaningless. So it is true. The mercenaries do, if they win, they take the person's spot. So I think that's a pretty cool twist. I'm excited to see how that plays out. And my most excited part of the mercenaries coming in is the fact that I have been team Ashley and Amanda since they fought with Camilla way back in the day. And since Amanda walked in on her first night of the fucking challenge and caused an absolute ruckus, I have loved this girl since then. And I'm so excited that this pair is back together. They are like these clumsy, hilarious, like girly girls that can also compete. And they're just feisty and spicy. And I love watching them play together. So I hope that Ash and Hunter win and, you know, come in. And then we see a lot more of Ashley and Amanda and how that Uh, plays out. I think you're going to be at war with some of our comments section because there do not appear to be Ashley fans. There's some Ashley haters in the comments right now. Yeah. Listen, people can hate on Ashley. I really like her. I always have. I thought she was great. She's entertaining. She's very entertaining. Uh, She fucking cries all the time, which does annoy me. But... I do agree when when the when the Camilla Amanda Ashley fight went down on invasion like I was so pro Amanda and Ashley during that I thought like and it 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 sucked to see the house like the house were all siding with Camilla and they were all hyping her yeah. up like her insults were weak her shit was weak and Amanda 
is just sitting by herself smoking a cigarette just like dropping bombs on on camilla ah when she was like i'll rail your ass bitch it's so funny when she's like it's not an accent it's a speech impediment yeah you're from boston bitch it's not an accent (laughs) i thought that was amazing because honestly everyone thought she's like born in brazil and lived there until she was like 18 then came to the states so that was a bomb that she dropped that Mm -hmm. nobody else has touched on i mean Mm -hmm. i thought there was so many good points there and just the part that i really disliked the most was camilla thinking that she actually had the upper hand throughout the whole argument thinking that she was like right and everything and then like putting her butt and being like nah, nah, nah. I was oh like, yeah and then what oh. then what amanda goes ew <laughs> that cracked me up too i loved it and then again on the reunion i mean there was so many times when i was just so during that fight i was like camilla you look shitty right now like you look shitty why are you doing that you just like you don't even and the same thing happened when um it was it's actually funny when Kayla and Camilla were fighting, when, you know, Camilla had got sent into that elimination against, who was it? It was like Jemmy or something. It was just like the stupidest thing. Camilla was crying about going into elimination against someone easy. It's like, Camilla, just go in there and do it. Like, come on, be done. Um, And throughout all of these fights, like I just saw so much of that that I really just disliked. And I always, I always um, took Amanda and Ashley's side um, on these things. So it's going to be exciting to see. I think, was it them who got mad about the chips? That was something I really didn't like though. Yes, yeah. that 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 was that was the start of that whole fight. Was that Laurel and Johnny put chips in Amanda's bed? Like I thought that was stupid. Like you can't get uh, mad about chips. Like, you're picking on young, beautiful women. Which yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> they, they were totally out of line to get pissed off at something like that. You're just making yourself an easy target. But yeah. I, I love the balls. I, yeah, I love. Yeah. <laughs> that's when Laurel's. That's when Laurel's getting in Amanda's face, and Laurel was like, "I played volleyball." <laughs> and they hazed us in volleyball. It was oh yeah, oh god! I just thought that was really stupid. It's like, come on, clean up your bed, be over it. Don't don't cause a scene over like a tiny prank like that. That was one thing that I really wasn't wasn't such a fan over. Also, mm. it's chips. Like the funniest thing you could have done is gone in there and eaten the chips and be like, Eat wow, exactly. who brought me these chips? Yep. Those are the best. Yep. You know? And then all of a sudden you have no more pranks on you, or you have funny pranks on you because people actually enjoy that kind of thing. Um, all right, so that was really the whole episode. I think let's go into the comment section because we have had quite a busy comment section. You guys have been killing it tonight, for yeah. sure. Really appreciate all the interaction, you guys. I love it. Jessica, you've been here basically since the beginning. Thank you so much. Lenny, throwing in your, your chimes. And Greg, a longtime commenter, coming back in towards the end of the episode. So um, really some good, good shit. Erlene, I didn't forget about you. I loved your stuff. Um, so let's just go through. Let's touch on um, some more stuff right now. So Fred dropped a comment. He goes, I agree with Kara as far as them working hard just for mercenaries to come in and be close to the final without doing work. And this is actually something I've thought about many times. You know, it must be so much easier to come in as a mercenary midway and then take mm-hmm. someone's spot. I mean, that's sick. You know, you really you really get a, a free pass on so many challenges and eliminations. Yeah. My, so. my, my issue with the mercenary twist here is that unfortunately it, it kind of took the shine off of Cam's move. Because in the end, it was pretty much nullified. I mean, I don't think Faith and Angela really have a chance to win this elimination. So in, in that way, like the team that one of the teams that Cam wanted out are going to be out. But it did take some of the shine off of it. And yeah, it yeah. is, you know, it's a strange advantage to be given. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I Listen, I, I agree with that. I think Cam's play got watered down because of it. Um, because she didn't get the result that she was really looking for at the end. 
I like mercenaries. I think this season has some good mercenaries from what I've seen uh, from the previews and stuff. So I'll be excited to see how that that happens, that plays out. Uh, uh, one thing about the mercenaries is, I I don't understand why they they spoil the they they spoil the mercenaries in in the in the trailers like like and, and it's not yeah. like an accidental spoiler it's like they want you to know that these mercenaries are coming in and i feel like i would be more hyped about it if it were more of a surprise i get that they want to mm-hmm. maybe build viewers like if they show you that oh hey Darrell's coming in as a mercenary uh you're gonna want to see this all right but i would rather have it be a surprise like yeah but also they're not bringing Darrell. you know they're bringing hunter and ashley well, like last season yeah. last yeah, season yeah. they they did the same thing like you yeah, saw yeah. clear as day like oh Darrell and laurel are coming in i would be like okay we're bringing in mercenaries some of the best players this game's ever seen cut you don't know who it's gonna be who's it gonna yeah. be and but that's been a big critique of MTV is the fact that they give away so much in the previews. I think a lot of fans actually get upset about that. I watch the previews really quickly, so I never even catch what the fuck's happening. In the, and I also, I don't like spoilers, so I'm not trying to hunt them down. Like, I'm not trying to pause scenes and see who's still in and, you know, oh, that person wins because they're still, you know, in the thing. Like, I don't care. I actually skip the comments on a lot of those mm-hmm. things because I don't want to see the spoilers that people come up with. But I do agree. They give away so much in those things. You know, they just have to, that's how so many of the spoilers come out, by the way. Um, You know, aside from the fact that they have a lot of sources now is from these previews. So, you know, MTV needs to be careful with that kind of stuff. They definitely Um, do. Um, Also in the comments section, people, people still talking about cutthroat, cutthroat, getting some, some love tonight after a brief reference. Um, I agree with Greg one uh, Melinda and Brandon so much more likable than Dunbar. Uh, I would, that, that dude is a career flop um, and a loser, and I definitely would have booted him out of my alliance. Uh, I mean, I guess he was he was more of a proven vet, so they, they weren't going to go with Dunbar over they weren't going to go with Brandon over Dunbar. They had never met Brandon before, so they were like, "All right, we'll we'll work with Dunbar and carry it, carry his ass to a win." But you know, yeah, but uh, that was stupid, Brandon. Also, been, yeah, like, Brandon could, you, fan. could you imagine on Cutthroat that? if if it was played like the game is now when they brought in ct and tina if like ct would have gotten johnny spot in the game after the mm. backpack it's like all right ct's in the game now oh okay ct's on blue team and, that would have been sick and like and like greg says all right brad has zero wins in that reality because no fucking way would they have beaten ct emily and jen running the final for the blue team. and Derek. Derek was out Derek derrick got already no, after after that. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I, we don't know. Yeah, that's true. You have to butterfly affect it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, so yeah, maybe Derek wouldn't have gotten eliminated. Exactly, and then it would have been a pretty solid ass team. I mean, that would have been a, actually oh, a really yeah, decent yeah. Team. That's a next level point. Ooh. Shout out to Ashton Kutcher and Amy Smart. The butterfly effect. <laughs> That might even be too dated of a reference for that, our, our audience. No, I think I think people I, that movie was weird. Um, anyway, so there was also a similar kind of thing that could have happened that somebody brought up recently, which would have been if Sarah hadn't stolen the money from Bananas, and I would have not liked that. I mean, sorry, if Bananas hadn't stolen the money from Sarah. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get a whole lot of Sarah stands being like, "You fucked up on that." Uh, so, so I think that would have been, I wouldn't have liked that. Like I appreciated that rivalry. It really set the tone for so much to happen after with that fight. I mean, they're still talking about it nowadays on brain candy. So you know what yeah. I mean? I'm ambivalent. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all know uh, I ride for the BCP. 
you know, I'm more of a Susie guy than a Sarah guy, but you know, I would hope the, so. the, the circuit. <laughs> The circumstances that have arisen out of that are quite questionable. And I mean, Johnny gets Johnny gets favoritism from the production team more than any other person on the show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He also brings in the most ratings than anybody else on the show. So does uh, he just- appa- apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so we'll see. We don't yeah. know. Um, Erlene mentioned that she was really sad when this episode was over which is obviously unusual for a lot of us current challenge fans because, you know, we don't get as hyped up for these episodes because there's so little actual, you know, content in there. So I I agree with that. You know, I was pretty sad as well. I I just wanted to keep going. I wanted like three more eliminations, four more challenges. Yeah, exactly. That that was really quality. And, And I mean, you guys just have to, that's the case for TV as a whole. Like you have to appreciate that that was a peak that that might have been that might have been the best episode of the season it might not get better than that so but you know it, there's there's peaks and valleys to it you have to appreciate the show for the really strong episodes and if you look back at all these seasons there's dud episodes and then there's really strong episodes with moments that you always remember yeah 100 percent um jessica made a comment that's uh definitely something we should keep an eye out which is side note i wonder what's going to happen with kyle now that faith will be gone definitely something we'll look out for you know obviously yeah. that was a factor in cam's plan as well was getting rid of people that were propping up the boys you know, that was something that shane has been trying to do for a while as well so i think that alliance has been on that gameplay and seeking to do that um, for the past few eliminations um you know a lot of people in the comment section are not liking ashley very much but we'll see how she does and we'll get more into that this season you guys may be siding with uh with zach more on his ashley stance than shawnee um She's, she's all right i'm not i'm not an all-out ashley hater but she does annoy me more than the average cast member all right that's fair that's fair to say uh Arlene wants us to not forget about cam's fashion this episode oh and... this is a point i wanted to make um we will discuss this so i am totally down with cam's pimp coat um i wasn't sure about it last week but like i said last week i was a cam hater now I am a cam lover and because of that <laughs> and because of the moves that she made her pimp coat is very suitable I support it now what I want to ask you <laughs> for you personally if you had to put cam's pimp coat up against Kara's stupid weird wolf headgear that she wears which one are you siding with you going with the wolf gear or are you going with the pimp coat I like have many fur jackets like cam so I'm and I also have, oh have like God. a wolf hat as well <laughs> you have a wolf hat too yeah I do back during my rave scene I have I have like a few of those okay but anyway Whoa. so 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 hold on it's actually really funny the first take I did of the baboon rap I had done it on video and on video I had put backing music right so just for our audience I don't know if you guys know the full story of me and Zach's friendship and how this all came to be, but one of our one of our first interactions, right, was during this online virtual season called Inferno. And Zach had been this big shit talker, and we'll get into more of this story later. He was going to freak when but he-, he he drops he drops some diss track crap, right? Some like shitty little rhyme that he thought was going to shut everything down. And it was like, no one's going to come. It wasn't shitty people. It was fire. He's like, no one's going to come for me now. Right. And so I'm thinking to myself like, this guy has no fucking idea, but I actually am 
quite the lyricist. And I went to work that night. I got this down in like a couple <laughs> hours. I'd been sending verses to one of my group chats, shout out to Jersey Shore. And I was just sending out all these verses of this song. And I came up with an amazing song called Zach the Baboon. It's unbelievable. Honestly, it's amazing. We can play it for you guys one day. Yeah. And the first take I did of it was on video and I had gotten wow. decked out and I put this giant fur jacket on and like the whole shebang and I was in my swivel so sofa in my living wow. room. It was this red swivel sofa where you just turn around and then it shows you. But my problem with the video was I can't rap to music. Mm -hmm. I actually cannot rap to a beat. Like it fucks up my whole flow. I literally can't stand it. So if I have music while I'm rapping, then I fuck it up. And then it just doesn't it's, it's sound right. It's the main advantage that I hold over you. Is it literally mind. is the I'm only over. advantage that you hold yeah. over me. Because if yeah. I could rap to B, I'd be killing you all the time, right? But I just can't do that. I'm better. I will at slay you with words. When I come up with my raps, they happen in my head, and then I make the beats in my head with whatever mm -hmm. rap is happening, right? Mm -hmm. So I can't then adjust it to a new beat. So I was looking, I was looking for all these beats and da-da-da. So video I just didn't like it enough. It didn't show the quality of how good this rap was. So I had to do it in a voice note. And Jersey Shore group chat decided that the voice note was better. So that's what I sent into the Inferno chat. And that's what shut the entire group down and forever known as the only person who could take on Calhoun in a fucking rap battle. It was a land, like much like this episode that we just watched, it was a landmark virtual challenge moment because somebody was like, who the fuck cares about this messenger game enough that they're going to film themselves diss tracking a person they've never met it was so petty and, and mine had like a back. hook it was, yeah and then i yeah, came back and came i did back. it even more <laughs> so zach's was only a couple of verses it was no hook or anything right i came back i came with like a full song that was verses in the chorus and like the yeah. whole shebang yeah for people yeah we, we 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 can we can probably send those out i did a i i put together some lyrics and did a diss track over an instrumental of big daddy kane's ain't no half stepping <laughs> it, was, it was pretty awesome oh, was that the instrumental that it was yes so based on what you've just said though i think it's clear that in future episodes you need to like you're going to need to do episodes now wearing fur coats and, and wearing wolf hats i, I need it's, to see those. it's funny i've actually thought about um doing episodes in like exuberant outfits because I, like we're on video we may as well take our advantage and, and use it the issue is that i usually come to work on wednesdays obviously so i'm like i'm gonna rock in and something crazy but maybe i'll bring a change of clothes i'll bring i, I would die if, yeah. if if you're just broadcasting in a in a, a fur coat i would die the only other thing is also the air con in here turns off although it's not so hot today we'll see we'll see uh so i may I come that... with a fur jacket <laughs> I think that pretty much covers everything. We gave you guys some real good bonus content here. Yeah, um, I, I'm really hyped up based on the preview for next week's episode, Shane versus Jose. Uh, I we tweeted that out on our content that that or on our Twitter account. That is appointment television. I want to see those two dudes going at it. Yeah. yeah. Yell, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me let me let me uh, edit that. I mean, I guess that wouldn't be so bad either. But I want to see them fighting and yelling <laughs> at each other. That's going to be hilarious. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I'd love to see them go at it. I mean, I think that, that'll be just a fun fight. We've also only seen cool-headed Jose right now. And mm -hmm. I have I watched his big brother, you know, when he had gotten out that first week or some shit. And he was talking about how he was like the messiah and like all this crazy shit and like the hero of everything. So he's definitely different from when he was on BB during that season. Um, one last thing. 
Jessica, I know you want to know about how we feel about Shane and um, Davon. We talked about that a little bit in the last episode, but I mean, I think all in all, that fight was really enjoyable. I know Zach loved it. We loved it. So this really ties into potentially a very interesting fight that could happen with uh, with Shane and Jose. And we don't even know. Maybe Davon will get involved. So we'll see how that goes on. Yeah, we're, we're going to get more of it. It's going to be great. I, I said it. And Shane touched on it a little more in this episode. Shane was like, listen, I'm a feminist. And, you know, it's equal treatment if she's <laughs> but it was a bitch move so <laughs> and and the way he put it which i liked was like uh i'm gonna call her a bitch but i would also call a guy a bitch mm-hmm. I, i'm not gonna single her out and only call her a bitch mm-hmm. so I, I you know i can i can deal with that i'm not in that's equality yeah that's equality person. yeah i agree with that as well all right so everybody please you know if you're watching this back if you're watching this live whatever it is give us your thoughts give us your comments we'll try and get back to all of it after as well um and if you want us to answer anything you know post post the live don't worry we'll read these later throughout the week um because we did this on a new software in case you guys uh, didn't notice our audio will actually be out a lot sooner than it usually is so audio episode will go out hopefully in the next couple of days um for you guys before the weekend um is my goal and check out our website we have hannah's hit list that came out this week that was awesome you know it's hannah always top-notch writing top yeah notch. yeah we love hannah and you know she's been more um in she's included more photos and stuff into her pieces and things like that try and keep it more engaging um and if you guys have anything that you guys want from her you want to comment uh, hannah's very open to that kind of stuff so at her as well and at us at saniac podcast on instagram twitter facebook our instagram really is where i am turning out a ton of content so you know Stay tuned and take a look at all of that. And we appreciate you guys watching. It's been a pleasure. And if, if everyone out there listening or watching, like if, if you guys could throw a five-star review our way on iTunes, like that would go a, a long way towards helping this out. Like we've got a cool community. We, we want to keep building it up. You know, that would get more ears on it, more eyes on it. So mm-hmm. five-star reviews, always welcome. 100%. Yeah, that's a big thing that we're trying to do. We want to build the community. We want to get everyone going. Oh, and one last thing I do have to mention this that I always forget um, to talk about is our Facebook groups, which we have that are very active. So the Saniacs Facebook group is the OG Saniacs group. It actually started based off of a group chat we had called Saniacs. Um, and it's, you know, the OG group that was in Saniacs and that group chat's amazing, a great group of girls that we had there. And we started this Facebook group and we talk about everything. So if you think it's just challenge related, it's not we get into all sorts of things politics entertainment reality tv food culture whatever it is we talk about and it's quite the safe space in a way but it's very an uncomfortable safe space because we like to disagree with each other we like to have people push our boundaries and push our beliefs to make us think outside of the box so if you see a lot of us disagreeing or all you know agreeing and all is peaches and things like that and you feel scared to chime in don't worry, disagree with us, get in there, get into the conversation. Our only rule in there is be respectful and don't block anyone. We hate people who block people. We don't like that kind of shit in our house. Um, And if you just want reality TV talk, we have a new Facebook group going on as well, which is linked to the Facebook page called Reality TV Fans. That name will be changing soon to something slightly more creative because um, I can't deal with that generic of a name uh, being linked to my page. So we'll get into all that. And that's going to be all for reality tv you know challenge survivor big brother whatever the hell you're into that's all over there and we'll keep that really reality tv specific for those of you who um, don't necessarily want the rest of the convos from saniacs but and obviously if you are a fan of the challenge then you need to be on the challenge fans page and challenge talk page like oh yeah to like really 
popping spots, but there's other really cool challenge pages as well. I, I, I believe uh, there's like MTV challenge trivia. That's, that's a good page. We, we yeah. like them over there. They're nice. Uh, so just there's, it, I, I would say that Facebook is probably your best source of constant content and interaction with fans of the show. So you should, that's where you should seek it out. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, the Vevmo guys are cunts. Um, sorry. The, uh, the Vevmo <laughs> I've guys. I've got my issues with Vevmo. Well, they're just yeah. really exclusive, but yeah. anyways, I've gotten into Vevmo. So if we ever need to, to get in there, we can, yeah. but yeah, definitely check those out. And we want to build those communities. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening and tune in next week. Bye.